Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome back to the Rugby Pod. I'm Andy Rowe, Big Jim and Goody are with me as usual. We've got plenty to talk about with all the latest Premiership action coming up as well as the Lions chat for you on the show this week after the confirmation of Warren Gatlin's assistant coaches and his comments on selection and the English-based players. Plus, we're joined by a man who's hoping to face the British and Irish Lions this summer. Springbok Eben Etzebeth joins us to talk weights, the World Cup win, scrapping with Big Jim and of yeah. course the Lions tour. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendour. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. How's your week been, lads? Same as the last <laughs> Go 50, on, Jim, 52. What? You look down this week. You look down, yeah, down day. Down day. Just, yeah, I don't know. Sun's out. Pub doors are still closed. No, they ain't, son. No, they well, ain't. They are in Scotland, pal. Um, <laughs> until next week, I think. But yeah, just a just a down week. It's not all glory in the Hamilton household, <laughs> believe it or not. It's just not. Um, watched the funeral, which was very sad, and in parts, very inspiring. I don't know. It was quite emotional watching it, actually. Um, yeah, so that mixed in with a bit of Ruggers Andrew. But looking at your Instagram, yours was slightly more upbeat than mine. It looked very Guinness and black and very pubby and openy and lovely. <laughs> yeah, mate. I was, we've had a really good week, actually. The the gyms have opened again. and well, hang, hang on, hang on. We've, I, I love this. L- listen to you. Oh, it's been a great... Gyms open, number one thing <laughs> on the list. <laughs> well, it's li- literally last week, everything opened, didn't it? So... As we said, gym's open, so I went to the gym, knowing full well that pubs are also open. So to go and sit in a beer garden when the sun's out and have a few Guinness and blackcurrants, and the amount of abuse I get for that, but a lot of people are privately messaging me saying, mate, I'm with you. I can't say this out in the open, but I'm with you. Guinness and blackcurrant is absolutely delicious. Quite a few Irish people saying it, but only privately, not to the to the masses out there. So uh, you've got to go and earn your beer, Jim, haven't you? So I went to the gym. I, I did four spin classes last week. My ankle's healing. The physio, I've been to see the physio and he's telling me to slow down, stop putting so much weight on it. I said, is that because I've got too much weight or is it actually because you don't want me to put all my body weight through it? It's like both. So um, we're on it, mate. I, when a physio and a doctor tell you to slow down, it means you're going well. 
Look at you. <laughs> Look at all you've got heart problems. Oh, well, possibly, exactly. possibly. Yeah, I, but I can't. I can't wait to see see everyone again. And look at you. You're going to look so different. Have you got new clothes and stuff like that? I mean... Funnily enough, I've had to get some because uh, the, the old ones are a bit baggy now. Oh, the old Rada jeans or whatever they're called. Yeah, Jardas. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jardas. Jardas. But uh, yeah, mate, it's amazing. Friday, we're at the zoo. Saturday, we're at the farm and took the girls swimming. And then Sunday, we're in a beer garden all day. So Just all that animals and beer. Yeah, mate, that's what it was. Animals and beer. So um, great for the twins to be able to go swimming again and do all that stuff. Go to the zoo, see some animals. Um, I saw a chimpanzee pull a load of shit out of his ass with the girls are like daddy what's he doing and i'm like oh geez talking to chimpanzees and zoos right i was in lanzarote of all places and ended up at zoo and you know my feelings on zoos uh, especially when you see chimpanzees who are i mean they look unbelievable animals and yeah. i'm sure they are i don't know any personally but i was in lanzarote <laughs> and this chimpanzee right talking to chimpanzees and zoos was following me up and down obviously sees a fellow alpha um apex predators are they apex predators let's just say that they are um there's a word for chimpanzees i don't know what they are but whatever it is they're regal they're big they're powerful like me basically so he's following me he's eyeballing me up this cage making all the noises or whatever next thing he stoops down as if he's like crawling on the floor like coming towards me and i, I don't see his face next thing he lifts his head up <laughs> squirts water at me oh no it's pee <laughs> it's pish that he has got in his mouth off the floor and squirted in my face in Lanzarote. Um, that was one of my experiences at a zoo, just to let everyone know. So whatever his name is, I think his name was Chimpanzee John in Lanzarote. <laughs> don't really know if he's still about. I don't know how long chimpanzees live for in zoos. But um, I'll, I, I do like animals as well. Look, look at me. I'm all upbeat now. Look at you, Andrew. Look what you've done to me. There you go. Positivity, Jim. Positivity. So we... Back to normal, shall we say? It's good, good to good to be out there in the sunshine with a beer in a beer garden, taking the kids to things they love, and then just staying in the beer garden, watching your beloved wasps get hammered. Oh God, mate! Right, I should be finishing your sentences. I should not be finishing your sentences. I'm sorry. Yeah, got absolutely dominated by the Premiership champions, Exeter. Half time, we're in the game, and then second half, what happened? <laughs> it was. Uh, Everything that could have gone wrong did, really. Uh, and, yeah, f- listen, you, you can you can look at Wasp with the mistakes they made. Fekitoa chucking the intercepts. Uh, you know, some errors from Jacob Umanger and, and other boys and defensively loaded battery. But Exeter were dominant. Uh, they were back to their best. They are obviously hurting from losing to Leinster the week before. Some were shining. They, they were playing with back to their ball controlling best and you know, thoroughly deserved to to dominate Wasps and you know, Wasps will be very disappointed with their performances. It was a, a game they needed to win to try and stay in the hunt really for top six, let alone top four. Their uh, top four was 100% gone now, I'd say. But tip the slipper to Exeter. Back on form. You know, they're obviously hurting from losing to Leinster last week and we spoke about it at depth where, you know, they made a few uncharacteristic errors and um, yeah, they bounced back and, and absolutely pasted Wasps at the weekend. So, uh I didn't see it, to be honest. I don't know what you're on about. I was in the pub, so who cares? Did you see Hoggy's try, though? Yes, I did, yeah. Spiral, and then all the Wasp boys are looking around. Someone will get Oh, no, no one will get it. Hoggy goes and gets it. No word of a lie. I reckon in running that fast, in that heat, he's probably got sunstroke right now. <laughs> As we're recording this podcast, he is still recovering, yeah. without doubt. Yeah. yeah. His lid looks good, though, doesn't it, every week? It, it looks... Uh, some things blow me away, right? And I'm, like, blown away by stupid things one thing that blows me away every time i see it no pun intended is hoggy's hair 
I'm just, I, I'm not necessarily in awe of it. I'm just shocked. I can't believe that it's stuck that well. The recovery from... Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the reincarnation of a lid. Like, if you wanted to see a recovery of hair, that's how you'd envisage it. Tip the slipper to him. So, yeah, they, they were good. They were really good. You know, some big performances from Exeter. Joe Simmons played exceptionally well at 10. Um, and and Wasps were just error-strewn. And everything that went for Wasps last year... And I say last year, I mean last season when they were winning these games, end up getting to the final. Um, it's gone the other way this year, and they're losing those close games. And and then you know defensively we we were pretty poor in the second half, and um, so be it. And Bristol looked pretty comfortable as well, didn't they? At Newcastle, they did. Newcastle got off the ball a little bit. I know they're playing Bristol's, yeah, but they started the season very well. But started the game very well. They were they were ten nil up, weren't they? Yeah, there you go. Started the game very well. Not an easy place to go and play, but in the sunshine, it's obviously easier for teams to go up there. Uh, Max Malins, who doesn't look like he should be a professional rugby player. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm body shaming, but I kind of am. Uh, but he's a good player, isn't he? Rapido. You look at the players at Bristol now, you wonder what their first choice backline is. You know, would would Max Malins even be a starting Back three play well, well. He plays fifteen or a bit of ten as well. But his performance at the weekend was class. Um, his aerial ability, uh, broken play, and uh, foregone conclusion now for them in the top two. Would you say? Yeah, hundred percent. And it's interesting, isn't it? So you know, you talk about the depth they've got. Yeah, you know, at the weekend there was no Charles Piatel, no Randrandra. Sheedy went off. Um, yeah, they are missing a few as well. But they just that you know you can look at Bristol's brilliance at times. You know the shape they put on it out wide. But Newcastle's defence was abysmal. If we're being honest, Toby Flood at ten probably retire, mate. Your time's up. That's horrible, Jim. Why are you saying that, Jim? Why are you saying well, that? I, no, no, I don't. I don't. Belittle people that have played in my position, apart from Tim Swinson, who never went to the World Cup in 2015, but I'm not belittling him. Respect the man who just come off his honeymoon or stag do or whatever it was to go on the World Cup. But Toby Flood, the end is nigh, I would say. But he's, he's all right though, isn't he still? Yeah, he's all right. But yeah, I mean, defensively, Newcastle, the amount of tackles they fell off, uh, it was uh, very bizarre. But, you know, the errors they made... Played into Bristol's hands a little bit. Malins, as he said, you know, was ridiculous at times. Would he get in their starting team? Charles Piertel and Randrandra at 15 and 13, potentially. When, when they're all fit, they've got now Langley on one wing, Morahan on the other wing, Piertel at fullback. You know, Malins, who ended up starting the Six Nations for England, does he get in that team? You know, where do you play Charles Piertel if you want to put Malins at fullback? Um, do you put him at 13, but you got semi Randrandra? Um, just put him at eight put him at number eight mate pick him at ten but then you've got Sheedy who's playing off the coming off the bench for Wales so you know they have got quality um, and Newcastle some of the tries you look at them and you just think they shouldn't be bouncing off that many tackles and there shouldn't be that many holes was there a work rate issue but again probably Jim it comes back to the fact that the sun was shining and the north they're used to the snow and the rain and the sleet sun comes out and they just get ripped a new one and Bristol face uh, the Chiefs this weekend against Ashton Gate. How do you see that going? Friday night. Oh, under the lights. Obviously, it won't be as hot. Hopefully, Hoggy's recovered. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think the top two teams. Does it really matter? Am I bothered? Well, there's, there's more pressure on Exeter, isn't there? When yeah. you're looking, when you when you're looking at the league table and the teams that are chasing Exeter, and it, it sounds a weird thing to say that there's more pressure on Exeter, but Exeter only four points clear of Sale and Harlequins, and. 
Bristol are gone, the pressure on Exeter is to guarantee that home semi-final when we could see people back in stadiums and the Exeter champion team go down to Bristol. Bristol will want to put one over on them. Again, I think they beat them there at Sandy Park this season as well, didn't they? Um, Earlier in the season. So all the pressure is actually on Exeter, which sounds a weird thing to say. Northampton beat London Irish on Friday night. Dan Bigger didn't do his Lions chance any harm, did he? No, he didn't. I thought Bigger Root, one of my mates, I think he's been mate, I spoke to him a few times. Let's call him a mate because he's good and he could be signed for the Lions. Uh, I thought Northampton were classic. It was a great game. Uh, both teams obviously wanted to play. Loads of tries. Slight Home was brilliant on the wing. I find it so weird because I played Jonah Loma rugby and I just remember Slight Home on the wing and that's all I ever think. How good was he at that game? John Slighthome was unbelievable. The old handoff, 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 and he threw scores every time. That was it. Yeah, he was class. But his son, oh my wheels, absolutely rapido. I think you put something out there, Andrew, um, on Twitter. Of course you did. That's how we live our lives. Around the Northampton team being all English. Was yeah, that a right? few weeks back. Yeah, they had a, a starting 15 that was all English. So, I mean, Northampton, yeah. They're a good team. Are they an amazing team? But they're a good English team with, with talent across. Obviously, Dan Bigger, I've always said it, one of my favourite tens, compliments the Premiership really well. And uh, yeah, obviously, the weather, this is the whole thing around summer rugby, right? Uh, and the big kind of debate around it. The quality that you get from all teams, really, because everyone wants to play now, don't they? Play, 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 big fella. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed watching that game. Uh, London Irish, I think, very good. We've spoken about them this season. I'm commentating on London Irish this weekend, actually. Mate, London Irish, good team to commentate on, Andrew. Who, who against? Where? They're, pl- they're playing the Harlequins at the Brentford Stadium. So yeah, it'll be empty, obviously. But they'll probably, when you look at them now, and I, I'm good mates with Brad Davis. I spoke to him early in the season and I'm like, mate, I reckon you got a sniff. The way the games are panning out, the way your squad is, there's some of the worldies in the Irish squad. Um, I reckon you got a chance of sneaking top four. And he's like, mate, we're just trying to push for top six and try and cement ourselves there. So they're in that race. And it's a bit of a, not last chance saloon to get into the top four for them. Ultimately, they're playing Quinns who sit in that fourth spot. But it's a massive opportunity for them to try and squeeze the pressure on on pushing into the top four. Be really interesting to, to see how Irish front up. Quinns on phenomenal form as well. Although they only played Worcester who were diabolical um, so it'd be an interesting game but Irish yeah I I like enjoy watching them play some of the talent they've got Loader on the wing Hassel Collins my god he is quick well let's have a little bit of a break from the premiership now because we chatted a little bit about the Lions assistant coaches last week and it's been confirmed that they are who we thought they would be so what are your thoughts boys you overwhelmed you excited well, let's get it out there in the public domain I mean I was a 10 out of 10 I'm probably now a 7 or 8 at a push as I'm getting older I mean, we're talking Goonies here. That's what we're talking. It's talking we're what? Talking the Goonies. That's what oh, we're the saying. Oh, the Goonies. I so, thought you said yeah. Goonies. The, well, we can, the Goonies as well. Let's call them the Goonies <laughs> as well as the Goonies. Um, not that they're all not 10 out of 10s, but collectively. They're not oil paintings. Well, but like, look, who are we to judge? Like, I'm just going based on what I saw. It's like you've got them sat there and they just, visually, it weren't a 10 out of 10, but... The job at hand, you could say they're an 8 or a 9 out of 10. So <laughs> see what I've done. I've spun a negative into a positive. But that's just the way that my mind thinks. You use that analogy, Jim. One thing I'll say about you, you say you used to be a 10 out of 10. Now you're a 7 or 8. I reckon you used to be about a 4. And now you're a 7 or 8. I think you've got better with age, mate. Well, that's because you were looking at me on Zoom, mate. That's why. Visually, mate, when I'm looking at you from your playing days, I'm thinking, who is this absolute wildebeest? Um, Very true. <laughs> and now I look at you with your, sometimes with your Hawaiian shirt, and I think, geez, that shade's on. 
a few decent tats out, a few of the shit ones hidden. I'm like, actually, he looks... He, he's he's like a, a seven shit now. Harry Styles. He looks like a shit Harry Styles. <laughs> yeah, he's a seven now, not a six or a five or a four. Anyway, it's... Um, we spoke about it last week. I text Gregor, congratulated him, followed by the next question, which is usually after the congratulations, he coming on the podcast. <laughs> he said he'll let the dust settle a little bit, then he'll come on, because we were obviously very Scottish, having had Hamish Watson, who's very Scottish, on last week. So we can ask Gregor what Scotland players he's picking, because Gat said he's not picking any England players, so they're obviously all going to be Scottish, aren't they, that are going to fill that void. Yeah! <laughs> uh, possibly. But to- talking about the coaches, though, I mean... Some people have said it's it's underwhelming. Some people have said, like Jim said, then the actual crafts of their trade that they're into doesn't matter that they're not massive names, you know, like Steve Tandy or uh, Robin McBride or whatever. The impacts that they've actually had, and Robin McBride's coaching over at Leinster. Steve Tandy's done, you know, when you speak to people that have been coached by these guys, they think they're really good coaches, and the detail that they add on. So while they're not headline grabbing names necessarily, I mean Jenkins, he's just doing well to Jenks is just doing well to keep going on tour, isn't he? Um, he looks about 403. What a life, though. What, what a, a legend. Life. What a legend. <laughs> he has lived. So, yeah, I mean, he has left the door open for A another, hasn't he? Um, which will probably or possibly be Andy Farrell, I think, dependent on whether Ireland actually tour to the Pacific Islands as a country, which he's, he's put on hold at the minute. But there is that door open there. And maybe maybe that door's open for Eddie Jones as well. Maybe he just wants Eddie in the mix. Come on, mate. Yeah, I don't know, Andrew. I don't, I, I don't want <laughs> to be dismissive, but I, I can't see it. <laughs> no, I, I can't, can't see, see it either. So, yeah, while some people are like it's underwhelming, actually, when you do your research and look into the detail of, of what people think of these coaches um, and the actual impacts that they've had on the players that they have coached, it's, uh, you know, I think it's, it's it's pretty good. All I know is that Rob McBride bought me a beer in Cardiff when I was down there filming the Barbarians doc and he bought me a beer and he was asking me why everyone was taking pictures of me. And I was like, I don't know. Uh, maybe because <laughs> I've got my eye heels on today. I don't know. But for that, I think that he bought me a beer thinking I was an absolute legend and that I could tell people that he bought me a beer, which is effectively what I'm doing now. So for that, he gets my nodder. What did you make of some of Gatlin's comments about selection and the premiership? This is the drama that I don't like around rugby. Like some of the drama I do like, but this stuff around, I suppose every sport you get, look at football at the minute, but every sport you get these kind of things happen, don't you, about the governing bodies and, and, and Prem Rugby and you know the TV stuff around that. But the release of the players, like this is the, the kind of big thing about who owns the players during that time will the English premiership players release the the English base players to go on tour to the Lions um I don't even think it's a debate but it is because we're sat here chatting about it but uh Gatland obviously wants the power he should have the power to choose the players should have the opportunity to go it should be a a fair playing field to choose from as it were you talk about the bondage a bonding in the lead up to the Lions tour and how important that? that is well, speaking to John Bentley from the 97 Lions Tour special <laughs> last week, it, it sounded like they did. All on all on camera as well. Um, but that's the big thing, is it? We know you're bringing four nations together and they've got to go out there and perform within two weeks of being together. And part of that is the group being together, getting to know each other. Who knows how it's going to be with the times that we find ourselves at the minute with the pandemic and what they can and can't do around their bubbles. But if he's going to pick Sam Simmons, and there's talk of that, if he's playing in the final and the Lions are playing against Japan, he's probably not going to get picked if that's the case. 
Like, no one will know that. Only Catlin will know if he would have picked him if he had him for two weeks to bring him into the squad. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that's a huge thing to happen. So I don't know how you change it. It obviously is a bizarre year. Well, it, it, it all goes back to the San Francisco agreement that was collated in, I think it was 2017. Who's called it San Francisco? San Francisco. <laughs> well, they, they, haven't, they haven't put much thought into it because it was where they all were at the time because it was the Sevens World Cup. Um, in San Francisco. Do you remember that? Well, what is that? So they've called it that. I mean, what a bunch of lads, eh? Yeah, mate. Absolute <laughs> top, top boys. Think, let's let's come up with something here. We're in San Fran. Let's call it the San Francisco Agreement. Um, and it's all to do with the release of players. And it, it started from 2020. And basically, Premiership Rugby have got every right to say, listen, you have to pay for the right to get the players released early. Because every... You know, every union, British and Irish Lions were involved in those decisions around player release. Now, do I think Warren Gatlin's not going to pick players because they're playing in a premiership final? I don't think so. You only have to look at fly half and his issue there because Finn Russell sits in the same position. He's playing in France. Um, so Racing could get to the knockout stages and probably will get to the knockout stages of the top 14. That rules him out up until after the you know, Racing get knocked out and they've still got to get released from him. Then Racing could get to the final, which I think is around the same time as the Premiership final. Owen Farrell, as a fly half, potentially, is playing at Saracens. He's got the big championship game, the big championship final the week before, so he won't make the two-week camp either. You've got Dan Bigger playing the Premiership as the, another fly half option who is under the same agreement as, as Northampton. He could get to the semi-final, potentially the final. So... The only one that's available is Sexton. And Jim, you said he's he's just he's not up to it anymore, Injured. didn't you? No. Oh, mate, he is why up to it. Sorry? No, he, he is up to it. Lanny's convinced me. A few people have convinced me. He's convinced me. These conversations are still going on with Premiership Rugby. And every time around the Lions Tour, the Lions want something more than is already agreed. And it just comes down to numbers. They've got to pay for the right. And the Premiership Rugby are right to do this, I think, because people will say, oh, yeah, but it's the Lions, it's the Lions. And it always happens. There's never an issue. They always get released for the Lions and there's always an agreement made financially for the clubs. If Premiership Rugby, and take exactly what happened with Scotland and France a few weeks back, if Premiership Rugby allow the agreement to be torn up just for one special example, every time you could you look at football, as you said, Jim, there could be a breakaway league and then it, it's not worth the paper it's written on. So these agreements that are signed, sealed and delivered for and it's actually for the next I think it's 12 years so it's from 2020 to 2032 the agreement around player release you will nearly be 60 at that Mate, point probably yeah probably 60 can you stone imagine or... can you, well either or <laughs> anyway it's crazy when you think about time but anyway, so it, it, it is messy I, I don't think Gatsy's comments were um you know I love Gats because he does feed you things that you know a bit of con- controversy here and then but it's the announcement of his assistant coaches and it's been overshadowed by comments he's made around the release that he may not pick players playing in England if there's a 50-50 call or because they can't be released. Hopefully, you know, no one will be stopped from going on a Lions tour because they're playing the Premiership final or the top 14 final. Or Where do you draw the line? And that's the big issue. He's not going to bite his nose off to spite his face. If he wants a player, he'll take him. Speaking of the Lions, we can have a chat now to a man who's hoping to face him this summer. Toulon and Springbok second row, Eben Etzebeth joins us. How are you, mate? Good, thanks, man. How are you? Eben, it's class to have you on, mate. It's been a long time coming. We've spoke about you loads on the podcast, and uh, we've got two of the modern-day enforcers just sat here, be it on Zoom, just having a blether, aren't we? Look at us. It's uh, yeah. 
It's great to have you on. I need to butt in here, Jim, because you call yourself an enforcer, and all I ever see is the video of Eben filling you in when South Africa dominated Scotland. You've come on, <laughs> given the penalty away, got Simbin, and Eben's just fucking ragdolling you around everywhere. So there's one enforcer with massive pipes, and there's Jim Hamilton. Eben, tell us about that story, because uh, you absolutely blitzed him, didn't you? Yeah, I knew I knew that uh, won't take long to come up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, pretty well. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was Sia Kibisi's first test. Yeah, just just him coming on was obviously obviously quite special. And then uh, Jim tried to to ruin the day for me. Uh, <laughs> like, like in the ref saw who was the instigator and gave the yellow card to him. <laughs> oh, yeah, but when we were texting the other night, I went to bed thinking about that scenario, and I convinced myself when I woke up that one, we won that game. Secondly, I filled you in, and I won man of the match. But when I look at it, it's arguably <laughs> one of the most ridiculous things I've ever done on a rugby pitch because we did lose the game off that. But you know what? That's my legacy. So now my kids <laughs> type my name in on YouTube, and that's the thing that comes up. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that game in 2013, Sia Khaleesi's uh, first match, we spoke about it. When I was in Cape Town uh, with Sia, he said that you were in the stadium somewhere and you hadn't forgiven me for that because it did go viral on, on the old YouTube and that you were going to come after me with your brothers. Is that true or not? Are we all good now? No, we're good now, but it was true that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him, uh, him telling me that, that he saw you and I, I said, uh, I think he's, he said you guys, you guys spoke about it. Uh, but yeah, I remember... It was a line out and something happened uh, on the touchline. I think I chirped you the, just before it. I think you were down sitting or tying a shoelace and I was like, get up, get up. And then I think the next line out ball went out. And as I turned around, you just came and pushed me in my face. And then I remember coming back. Luckily, there was there was a few guys in there. Otherwise, I probably also would have gotten a card. <laughs> I might, have, I might have got hurt. All I know is having watched it a hundred times, Jim went for the cheap shot and then absolutely shat himself. His white shorts turned brown when you turned around, Evan, and went back for him. So uh, he saw the size of your arms and uh, you, you let him know who was boss. Yeah, I remember just giving him a thumbs up when he got to yellow card. I was quite, quite happy that I, I got nothing. Well, either way, look at us now. It's brought us to this point, Evan, to have you on the podcast. So it is a, a pleasure to have you on. Just talk to us how you are. You're obviously down in France. You're injured at the minute. How's the injury? No, uh, all good. Uh, just, yeah, broke my probably, what's now, almost two weeks ago in, in training, broke my finger. Uh, quite a quite a weird accident. Uh, but yeah, besides the finger... Or could probably play in, in three or four weeks again. But uh, like with rugby, any injury is sometimes a, a blessing. So the body gets gets a bit of a rest. There's obviously still a, still a big year ahead. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, all good in France. Just uh, missing the family back home with, with COVID rules and so on. But yeah, otherwise, it's, it's good, man. Can I ask you about the injury then? Because I didn't realise a broken finger put a big, hard, tough man like you out of the game for a bit. I mean, is it a nail? Is it a, an actual broken... What happened? Yeah, so, so I just came off a, off a line of, of nine and it wasn't even even contact and the ball in the guy was almost like shadow, <laughs> shadow uh, rugby and the ball in the and the guy in front came at the same time and almost like tried to catch the ball with the one end and then stop with the other, just the guy in front. And somehow my, my finger got caught there and the, the bone actually came through where the skin and the nail is, the bone came out there, so... So I saw it and I was like, oops, and I ran to the physio room and luckily got operated the same day. 
Yeah, it's a tough one. Jim, Jim would have retired. Nah, I wouldn't have flinched. <laughs> but, but Evan, you're doing really well in Toulon. There's the clips going around of you not only monstering lads into the the stand, but also line breaks and what have you, and and, and running around and doing your thing. Are you enjoying it there? Because I know the culture is very different. You're in the room with Marnonu uh, as well, and another guy who's done extremely well in in Toulon, but. How you find it there, the culture, the big change? Yeah, uh, actually very good since I've, since I've gotten here. Uh, he actually just, just left now, so you can actually talk about some, some rubbish behind his blanket. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, uh, I mean, besides from the French guys, all, all very nice uh, coaching staff, everyone. I mean, since I've gotten here, it's, it's all very good. But yeah, for, for some reason, I've gotten a well, quite well with the New Zealand guys, uh, with the biggest, biggest art rivals on the field. Uh, I remember... Last season was last season was Liam Messam and this this season is uh Tuiava and Maunonu joined us and yeah we we get along really well and but I mean it's just a just a good group uh good place to be uh, off the field also uh, the weather is amazing place close to Monaco and all those nice places so like I said the only thing that's uh, probably not as great now is is COVID but that's the that's the whole world suffering from that uh, but yeah no really really enjoying it and. Uh, we we build a new uh, facilities also here by Toulon, uh, amazing facilities, uh, gym, recovery, centrum, all those things. So yeah, no, really happy and actually got another three seasons left here. So yeah, I'm here too for the long run. Jeez, that's a lot of euros, isn't it? That is a lot of euros to be earned over the next three years. <laughs> um, let's talk about the club. Because obviously there has been quite a few changes. Obviously Murad Boujalal, the old owner, he's he's left and um, actually be you know with Marnonu. I know he's left now, but being a good friend of yours, he'd know the difference between when Boujolau was in charge and, and the new regime. And obviously Patrice Calazzo, the the coach, is in charge. How crazy is Calazzo? Because we've seen some pretty crazy things from him when he came over and was actually playing in England at Gloucester. Um, he looks like a, a coach that you really want to play for because he lives and breathes every minute on the sideline. He, he looks pretty mad, eh? Yeah, he can. <laughs> he, uh, actually, off the field, completely different. Uh, I think a lot... Not like a lot like many rugby players on the field, they're just different than off the field. They real nice guys. Uh, so off the field is uh, understands when when someone has a family issue or or any issue off the field, they always say, "Yeah, no, it's it's good. You can go home or you can be with your family or whatever." So off the field, real great man. But as soon as he step over the, the four lines, it's a little bit of a switch. Uh, I remember, I think we played. I'm not sure. I was in the top forty now and. We stopped the bus and we had to, we, the bus didn't stop at the right place. We had to go around and the whole team was already out of the bus and the security came and they like, no, 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 you can't stop here. The team must get back in the bus and drive around. So normally 90% of the coaches will go, okay, no, good. Patrice was like in French, whatever he said, I don't know what he said, but he just started arguing with them and just started walking all the players, just followed them. So <laughs> it was like quite cool for me, but yeah, he definitely sets the tone uh, with his uh, aggroness on on game there. Also, uh, like I've seen also before, I even got here, got a saw a couple of clips where he kicks a cooler box in the change room at halftime, uh, which is pretty funny. But no, he's a he's a good man, and uh, sometimes you do that little bit of craziness in rugby. Yeah, that's absolutely what you get in France. Uh, we spoke to Faf a couple of weeks ago. Faf de Klerk, it was great to have him on. And the obvious thing around the Lions tour and the momentum gathering um, in the lead up to the summer test series. Um, have you had much interaction with any of the guys? Obviously, being a long way from home, as it were, and 
the World Cup must feel a distant memory now as we lead them since Lions Tour. But it, it's quite strange that you lads haven't been together since that World Cup final. Yeah, obviously, uh, you keep in contact with probably can't keep in contact with everyone, as you know. There's always a few guys who are a bit more closer than the other guys. Uh, but no, speaking to a lot of guys, I actually spoke to to and Beast last night, and she actually put uh, photos up, uh, up of actually that debut week uh, that he made against Scotland of us training and just how how young we look. But yeah, it does feel like uh, eternity ago, uh, November 2019. Uh, haven't played a test match together again and it would be nice to to play with a few South Africans again. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to if all goes well. Uh, we never want to say do the matches because then ex-players like John de Villiers always gives you some uh, some slack for saying, oh, you're reading the team. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, hopefully if all things go well and, and you, you're in the squad, uh, definitely looking forward to that and, and playing, with, playing with all the guys again, uh, seeing everyone and, yeah, just, I mean... It's a great, great bunch of uh, rugby players to to play again with. So I'm looking forward to that. And for you, obviously, after the the World Cup, it was it was you know obviously moving to Toulon and all those things. Um, unbelievable memories, right? That final uh, beating England, and then it seemed to have dispersed quite quickly. We spoke to Faf about it. You went back to South Africa, and and you know there, there was a, a parade and everything like that. But it was quickly back to domestic rugby and obviously you moving abroad um how did you find that because you know you've reached the highest of highs playing for the Springboks and winning the world cup um was it tough to get back into the swing of things playing um top 14 rugby or did you just were you just on cloud nine still i must say i had uh, three weeks to celebrate that victory which i took a full advantage of (laughs) (laughs) most of the guys did uh but yeah and then obviously i think it was a, a few days in japan got back week of the people in South Africa had a trophy tour. Me and the family and friends went to Sun City for a week and then got back and it was like four or five days and I had to come to Toulon. Uh, obviously scared to to jump on the scale because it was a, a big <laughs> three weeks and don't know, don't know what's going to happen. So luckily I got my first first game off the bench uh, and it was in the Challenge Cup. So first two games, Challenge Cup, I think against London Irish and then made a top 14 debut against Clermont. So I had a bit of time to to play in the Challenge Cup and just build up some confidence for the for the big debut in the in the top fourteen, uh, but yeah, it was uh, like you said, you were on this big high and then suddenly suddenly you're back to reality and you must perform for a new team and obviously going to a new team you don't uh, you want to show want to show them that uh, you, you're a quality player so you can't rest on your laurels. We're seeing now some more content that's coming out. Said the same to Fath about chasing the sun, which gives us a bit of insight into the squad dynamics and Razi Erasmus as a coach. Um, he looks a great bloke. He looks a great guy to play for. Speaking to some of the barbarians that he coached as well, just said he, he's a great guy. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Razi as a, a coach and a human being as well? Yeah, he's a, he's got a way of, of getting people up for, for big matches. Uh if it's going digging in your past and, and saying where you come from or just using South Africa as a and where we come from as a country as a thing to get guys up, uh, whatever it takes, he gets guys up, he, I can tell you that. And also the thing with him is his clarity. So if there's a game in five weeks, you you already almost know we'll start that game. So you always have clarity for the whole team. And I mean, that just makes everyone, everyone happy. So no one goes uh, behind closed doors and complain because he's just open with everyone and then obviously not just him the guys around him Jockney, Narba, Felix, uh, conditioning coach Elliot, Matt Proudfoot, physios everyone just had like had one goal and 
just what they did in the job was they were just the best. Is there something that Rusty ever said to you that's kind of stuck with you or any advice that you remember that really got you up for a game? Yeah, uh, so obviously the one the one week he used the where where the guys come from, and I come from a little town in, in Cape Town, Goodwood, uh, which is uh, quite a special place to my heart. And just when he brought up up that, and you think back of the the memories from Goodwood, and it's actually a small little suburb, uh, not the easiest of suburbs, suburbs, but also not the hardest. Uh, but you just think about that, and that's things like that just get you motivated, and also. Before the one game, he, he just said, like, you can't, if you make a mistake and you think about that mistake, that makes you selfish because you must just forget about it and think about the team. So, I mean, just small things like that, that he, he triggered in the mind was was unbelievable. And how do you see the the changes that obviously we made? I know he's moved upstairs um, and perhaps away from a actual coaching place, but how, how do you see the changes? Will it, will it still be a similar sort of pathway for the players or are there going to be some big changes with the new coaching team in place? Yeah, I don't think... Uh, don't want to talk too much of stuff I'm probably not 100% sure, but I don't think too much will change. Uh, I think uh, Rossi will still be involved quite a bit uh, with Jock. I mean, Jock, as always, when Rossi was also there, he was, talks a lot in meetings and he was also the always the main instigator, uh, Rossi's right hand. So I don't think a lot will change. Uh, probably on, on match day, I don't know if Rossi will sit in the box. Like I said, it's... Small detail, I don't know, but yeah, from my, what I think is not not too much will change. And with the South African team, and I've been lucky enough to go down there, not just as a player, Goody played for Natal Sharks when he was a lot younger, looked very different back then as well, but it's a country that I absolutely love. And one thing that you feel as soon as you get there is how much rugby means obviously to the whole of the country 1995 was obviously massive for obvious reasons the fact that it was in South Africa I'm sure the World Cup in uh, 2009 was just as big but this one felt very different it felt very very special um, is there any reasons why that? Are, are they all been special maybe it's just the time yeah it uh, I think the the reason why it felt so special is I think we, we, we came from probably two years prior to the World Cup. I think we were we were quite down. I think we were at one stage, I'm not sure now, six or six or seventh in the world. Yeah, how we got back together and, and just everything started going for us. Uh, that I think the one thing that inspired the team was probably that the way win in, in Wellington against New Zealand. I think that that gave gave the guys the, the confidence to know that, that, I mean, we can beat any team anywhere. So I think that, and then also... I think our country was in a in a bad state during the 2019. Lots of stuff happening back home, and just for us, a uh, group of 30, 31 guys plus the two injured guys who went home and coaching staff to just you unite us, the whole country for even if if it's that 80 minutes was was special. And I mean, when we got back, the the bus trips, the trophy tour was was unbelievable. Uh, besides opening a beer at eight o'clock in the morning, that was also good. <laughs> uh, but just seeing all the people and running behind the bus, uh, I think there was one guy, he was on crutches. He could barely walk, but he was trying to keep up with the bus. So yeah, just just uh, made you see how special it is for, for someone to run behind the bus who could barely walk. And yeah, you could just see the difference we made in the country. So that was... That was really special. Yeah, phenomenal scenes. Well, let's look forward then to the Lions tour. We're all hoping that it is in South Africa. Um, and I don't suppose you know any more than anyone else. But how much will it mean to actually get people in the stadiums? Because there are rumours that they're hoping to maybe have up to 50% of capacity in the stadiums. It will mean a huge amount to that country as well, won't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it comes around every every 12 years. So 
if I'm lucky enough, I'll only have one opportunity and so will a lot of the guys in the squad. So we we would like a normal Lions tour, which will probably not happen, which will be 100% fans and 80% of those fans wearing red jerseys uh, like it normally is. Uh, but I mean, we just want the, the normal experience, but unfortunately, probably won't happen. But yeah, I mean, 50%, 10%, anything will, will be great just to have some fans there, uh, make them part of part of the game and just uh, get that energy again from the fans. And I think the guys who plays for Alliance also, I mean, for some of them, will probably also be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. So it will be great if, if things can can be as normal. Yeah, but is it as big as we think it is over here? You know, Alliance tour, especially to South Africa, every 12 years off the back of you lads winning the World Cup again. It's something that we speak about over here in Britain and Ireland. And we say it's, you know, like you just said then, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. But as a, a South African player who plays in a number of big games in the Four Nations, Tri-Nations, you know, World Cup finals. Is it as big as we're making out for you guys as well? Yeah, for, for me personally, look, for me, the World Cup is the, is the pinnacle. Uh, I think that's something every every rugby player wants wants to win. And then definitely Lions for me is is, uh, is second. I think although it's, it's a World Cup comes along every four years, I still think World Cup is, is the best. But uh but Lions is, is so special and, uh, yeah, like you said, for just everyone is excited and looking forward to it. So, And also the, the thing is that we, we last played in the World Cup. So being our last game, England going into probably, there'll probably be a, a warm-up somewhere there has to be. Uh, but then actually our next big game being against the Lions, three, three test matches against them is, is going to be going to be a great one. Yeah, it certainly is. Let's talk a little bit about second rows and the lines then, because it's a position that we think we've got a bit of strength in. Um, so Jim Hamilton? No, no, Jim's gone, mate. Jim's gone. Oh. Jim's long gone. Would you have been scared, <laughs> Evan? Genuinely, in my prime, in my prime, if I was picked, would you have been worried, yes or no? I would have asked Toulon to keep me here. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, want, didn't want to be released. <laughs> Thank I like you. it. Thank you. Um, let's look, look at the second rows then, because obviously Alan Wynne-Jones, uh, captain of Wales, is, is um, you know, everyone's kind of choice that he could potentially be captain. Um, Mara Toji, one of the best players in that position in the world as well. Um, Ty Byrne has played exceptionally well. James Ryan, another one. Um, who are the two that you think will be starting test second rows uh, for the Lions against hopefully you and a another for the Springboks? I think probably like you mentioned, Elwin Jones. Uh, I mean, Warren Gatlin is coach. Coach, he also coached Elwin and he was uh, Gatlin's captain at Wales for, for a long time. So I'm pretty sure he'll be the number five. And then I think probably number four will be uh, probably Toje. Uh, with a guy like yeah, James Ryan probably on the bench. So makes it easy for us to start looking at their at their locks. Uh, but no, it's going to be a tough battle. I think uh, there's obviously some warm-up games for them also. And a few of those guys would want to play themselves into the squad for. But for me at the moment, it will probably go that way. And yeah, then then for us, uh, hopefully if, if all goes well, uh, the same the same guys will be there again off. That was there at the, the World Cup. Those those four locks. Uh, a few injuries, though, don't you? Yeah, but I think uh, I think everything everyone will be will be ready. Uh, I think RG is uh, back soon, back in training, and probably will have a game pretty pretty soon. I've, I know Franco Most that never gets injured. Uh, he just keeps on going. And uh, Lewitt, uh yeah, I think Lewitt will will definitely be there. I think he's a 
he's had a couple of injuries where he had to be back for for important games and he always he never disappointed to to make it back so i think he'll he'll also be there yeah fingers crossed evan what do you think of maro toji then do you believe the hype there's a lot of hype around maro there's been a lot of hype for the last two or three years uh, he's now with rock nation agency i don't know if you've heard of them the same agency as uh Sia Khaleesi is with as well which basically means they're transcending the game that's what it's been spoken about here but do you believe the hype with Maro um because look you know you're one of the best locks in the world um as it is yourself Retallic and Maro's up there as well but there's a lot of hype around Maro um are you believing it do you feel that what hype <laughs> what hype <laughs> <Love it. laughs> uh, he's just he put you me. to bed Jim uh, he did he got me he got me no no um no, he's a, he's a good player. Um, obviously, obviously, watched him, watched him play, played against him uh, a few times. Uh, but yeah, he's a he's a world class second row. And I mean, you're not a world class second row if you're pretty sure going to start for for the Lions. So good good player and someone uh, if you knew analysis, someone you have to look at uh, maybe an extra 30, 40 minutes just for because he he get, gets around the park and he's got a big work rate. So. Obviously a big hype, like you said. Uh, but for me, he's a, he's, a, he's a good player, good luck. And yeah, always always good to play against him. Mate, all I'm hearing there is you think he's overrated, but I won't say it. I can say it. <laughs> 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 uh, it'd be an interesting battle. I mean, you two going up against each other, um, two big tough guys. Uh, I'm, I'm just thankful that Jim's retired because, you know, Jim, you and Marrow in a room together. I know, who's com- Mate, I know who's coming last there, Jim, and it's definitely you. Probably would have played Maro on six and, and Jim at four. Happen, <laughs> <laughs> mate. I, I knew it, mate. I, I, yeah, my arms are very similar to yours, or were very similar to yours. I like what you're saying. Um, Eb, I also wanted to chat about the number four jersey, the fa- famous, uh, they're all famous jerseys, but obviously filling that jersey the way that you have to um, with Bacchus Botha playing so many years and that kind of enforcer role. Is that kind of part and parcel with wearing the number four South Africa jersey, that that's part of it, whether or not you want it to be that way. It just has to be that way because of the history and the legacy that's been left. Yeah, I think they especially when you're from South Africa, like you said, it's a big history of the number four jersey. Uh, you probably know Toulon played me at six the other day. I actually wanted to ask him if I can just keep my number four on my back, but I'll play. I'll scrum on, on the flanker. But uh, yeah, it's a, like it's a big history. I think uh, Buck is probably made a jersey his own in the... 10, 10 odd years he played for South Africa and I came in just after he basically retired so yeah it's a, like you said it's a big thing in South Africa and it's an honour to wear the jersey uh, but not just an honour he was obviously deliver uh, he was he must be at your best every week and and uh, yeah bring bring your A game every week and be the yeah just inspiring in the pack uh, luckily we have other great great uh, physical guys in the pack also I think these days the Number five locks like like Louis de Jager and, and Franco Morse is he's just as physical. So but yeah, the number four is a is a good he also played number four, so so you would know Jim. Yeah, I kind of kind of do know. I mean it was a little bit different back in my day, you know. <laughs> it was uh, couldn't get away with much. A bit of power needed. No, I was actually thinking uh just the way the the rules has all have also gone in the game, which which is a which is a good thing, uh to to uh, protect player health. Uh, so the number four is is a bit more difficult. You must be a bit more uh, street smart. Uh, you can't just uh, run into into rocks anymore without looking because the laws are so so strict lately. Uh, then you'll spend most of the time on the sideline. 
Uh, like Jimmy, that test against South Africa in Osprey. <laughs> <laughs> My legacy. <laughs> but yeah, the, the rules definitely change, so you must you must definitely adapt. So there's no more of uh, when you guys see these days. I mean, just uh, where I think is actually quite good cleans. They they get red cards and so so stuff these days. You must you must really uh, technically you must be you must be actually more superb these days than physically at the breakdown and. Sometimes at the tackle area also. Have you found that hard as someone that is sort of six foot seven, six foot eight, uh, a big chap? Have you found it difficult to to adjust to the new, not new laws really, but the, the way they're interpreted now, you know, with the high shots and the rocking, you know, you've got to just get much lower, haven't you? And it, it is difficult for someone of your size. Yes, so far um, I haven't gotten pinned too much. But yeah, it's, it's definitely difficult. I think uh, I've, I watched this weekend, I think it was... The Toulouse game and one of the Arnold brothers. I mean, they just like standing there. And they it was just impossible for them to dip the height uh, quick enough. So definitely for the for the taller guys, it's a it's a bit uh, difficult. But that's the rules. And and like like I say, you don't want to cost your team ten minutes or a red card and and be on the sideline. So like I say, it's a bit bit more technical now. You must be technically brilliant. And Eben, before you go, we've cleared up most things, um, but there's this kind of rumour out there that you're benching or have benched 175 kgs. I mean, I've benched 100. I mean, there's not that much difference, really, <laughs> when you think about it. But Did you and Skull jump together at Ceres? Oh, I tell you, I said about it before. These foam rollers that I live with, right? <laughs> <laughs> We uh, we just rolled our backs and we just w- watched the lads. We were watching Maro. All I know is that Maro could only bench 130 when we were at Saris. He was a young lad. But is this true or not? Can you bench press 175 or is this a myth? I could back in the day, but now after after all the shoulder injuries and that big push to my face in, in Osprey, uh, <laughs> some confidence in the bench. But who are some of the strongest lads in the in the SA team? Because I think people are intrigued because they, you know, you think South Africans, big, powerful, brutes. And, you know, we all saw the picture before the World Cup that went viral. Um, you're all shredded as well. Um, but who are some of the lads that are just complete freaks of the the kindest of kinds in the gym? Beast was quite strong in the gym. Uh... You'd have to be. With a name like that, you'd have, you'd have to be strong, wouldn't you? Yeah, he's, he's he's quite strong, and then uh, Stephen Kitsov. He's got the ginger power, hasn't he? Yeah, with Beast gone, he's probably the strongest. Even Malcolm, they they shift some big weights. I must say, I'm I'm quite surprised when I got to Toulon. There's some guys here that you've never heard of, young guys, and then you, I mean, I want prop. He's uh, he's built like JC Creel. He can do about ten muscle ups, and he benches over two hundred. So I was just like. This guy should, should play for France, but he's, he's yeah. still young. And also with our one flanker, being just over 200. So, yeah, just, just oh, crazy. No yeah, well, welcome to my club. <laughs> welcome to my club. One last thing I want to ask you then, because I'm looking at two international class second rows. Maybe Jim was a long time ago. You're current international legend of the game in the second row. I'm looking at both of you. And, Evan, your T-shirt, your arms are bulging out everywhere. It looks like a four-year-old's T-shirt because it looks so small. It's probably <laughs> it's probably a triple XL. Jim's is definitely just a size small, but it's all baggy on the arms. How can you teach Jim Hamilton to get back into the shape that perhaps you are now? Uh, just get uh, smaller T-shirts like you. <laughs> smaller T-shirts. I mean, I've had four shoulder reconstructions, you know, I've been around the block, but no. But Evan, it's been class to have you on, mate. Really appreciate that. No, cool, man. Thanks. It was great chatting to you guys. Thanks very much for coming on and uh, best of luck with the with the injury. Look after that finger, mate. Thanks, man.
This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven and your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that I'm going to be going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Top, Top man. Yeah, absolute legend. How scared was he? How intimidated was he, do you think? How scared and how intimidated was he? What about you, mate? You're like, oh, Eben, Eben, do you remember that time? Now we are friends. Why did you not like me? Were you scared of me? Why did you not like me? And now can we be friends? We're two legends. Embarrassing, Jim. Embarrassing. Uh, what are you telling me, Phil? You? you pulled out the phone I, roller. Yeah. I did pull that. Oh, I pulled out the What's happened? Mate? I'm a shell. It's, I'm a shell before myself. Yeah. Yeah. You are all fart, all fart and no poo. You've talked it up for years saying you filled him in. You you were the enforcer. You knocked him out and all. My God, I've never seen anyone backtrack as quickly as you did in that interview. <laughs> I genuinely went to bed when we were texting, one thinking it was weird that we were messaging before I went to sleep. And then I had a nightmare. I had a nightmare that we lost the game, that I got filled in, and that was the one chance Scotland had to win on Heineken Mayer's home turf of Nailsprit. Watched it back the next day. And my nightmare was actually what happened. So, uh, class of him on. I mean, how big are his arms? Obviously, we're not in a room with him, but how big are his arms? My <laughs> yeah, goodness, massive, mate. mate. Massive. Oh, he's definitely got a four-year-old's t-shirt on, though. It looked tiny. Or maybe Smart. he's maybe he's just an unbelievable Nick. Well, let's swing back and have a look at the other Premiership games. Sale bet Gloucester, despite having Rob Dupree sent off early, didn't they? What do you think of his red card? What do you reckon? Completely illegal, but how strong is he to be able to lift Valpava Ruskin up over, over his head like that? Well, this is the point. I think Valpava Ruskin has jumped. Not to be controversial, I think he's been hit that hard and he's kind of jumped up to try and wriggle out of it. And that has just made... Rob Dupree ain't dumping anyone like that. Do you South reckon? African is here. No, nah, I'm telling you now. I'm telling you now, IMO. But I watched it and that was... A, in my opinion, exactly what happened. He's put a good shot on him. 
you know, what's Val Pavaruskin? 18, 19 stone? Let's just call him 25 24, stone. 24, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, and so it, just the mechanics of it. And there's obviously all this talk, isn't there, around the Rainbow Cup and what they're doing down south in the Southern Hemisphere with the red card, 20 minutes can then bring on a substitute off the back of that. And again, that was one, obviously, it didn't cost sale. Who Were they lucky to win it? As Al nah. Sanderson said, as Al Sanderson said in the post-match interview, he name-dropped me. And I he heard said, this. I heard he name-dropped you. Yeah, yeah, the great Jim Hamilton. Yeah, I, I just, don't think he said the great. I don't think he said the great not. Jim. No, no. I think he said in the words of Jim Hamilton. Oh, okay. Well, that's the same thing. Isn't it? If, you're, if you're going to quote, if you're going to quote a man, the man needs to be great, does he? Not? Yeah, that's great. Um, he said something about them having to go deep into the well. Because uh, that's something that I said because used to moan all the time, but said, you know, I had to go really deep there just to basically get down for a scrum. So uh, that was nice of him to name drop the great man, <laughs> speaking in the third person. Um, <laughs> but Sale, to be fair, they've got a t- tough underbelly now. They've got a good squad. And, and that, that that's the big thing for me, I think, when you have your 10 sent off that early to still win the game. Uh, and I know you, you're only playing, I hate to be horrible, but you're only playing Gloucester, who are 11th in the Prem, who did perform pretty well. Um, but, that shows that this team, and again, they were hurting from losing to La Rochelle in the Champions Cup quarterfinals last weekend. So it was, a, you kind of think that had they lost that game, things were transpiring against them with the red card. Would the knock-on effect of what they've been through over the last few weeks in Europe have kicked in? But as you said, the underbelly, um, it ain't so much of a belly. It's nearly a six-pack now, isn't it? Because they're hard. I mean, Cobus Visa in the second row, he's about 14 foot tall, isn't he? He's, he's you, but better, isn't he? Well, I wouldn't use the better bit at the end. He's, <laughs> he, he's, he's just me doing his thing as a, you know, an a pre, 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 a what? apex predator. I don't know. <laughs> and they're not going to lose any size either with Manu Tulangi signing a new contract for them either, are they? How big's that? I think it's big. It, it, well, it is big if we can get him on the field because, you know, as you're seeing, they have got some steely resolve around them now. They've got some quality and he is the stardust. Naturally, his contacts, the impacts on his body, where people are hitting him, it, there's going to be more going into those because sometimes he gets two or three man belting him from all different angles. So it, it's big for them to to get another sign out of him. Um, I'm not sure how many options there would have been really, really lucrative options because of his injury profile. So um, yeah, Sale will want to see some value because they haven't seen much yet, have they? Because he's been injured for so long. Well, it's how they use him because there's talk of him being back so if he can get back for the playoff games and you think where Sale are now on their journey and their ambition, you know, Manu, like you said, Goody, he's not going to play 20, 30 games a year. But if you can get 15 games out of him, yeah. 15, 20, 15, 20 games out of him towards the business end of the season, there you go, mate. You could, you I think him. as well, if he, if he gets back, he'll go on the Lions tour, I think. Do you know what he might do? He might just name a squad of 36 and then when Manu's fit go, we're adding him to the squad. Or he might pick a squad of 35 and say, like the, what he's done with the coaches, leave a door open for someone to shine between May the 6th when he announced his squad and June the 24th whenever the Prem final is and uh, all the other finals and when they play Japan before they take off to go to South Africa if we're going there. We even go, who knows? What's happening yet? I mean, just throw it out there and say it again, who knows? <laughs> Bath just sneaked past Leicester on Sunday as well, didn't they? Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed that game, Andrew. Brought back a few memories of playing against Bath. What do you call them? Bath. So and Leicester. That's very posh. <laughs> um, Jasper Visa against Zach Mercer, two of the best eights in the Prem. And it, ironically, it was Jasper Visa who gave away the penalty that put Bath in the position 
to win the game. And 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 oh, listen to this. He pulled Zach Mercer by the collar and pulled him on the floor. Oh, so <laughs> naughty, dirty. Uh, naughty. I know, naughty, naughty boy. But I think the headline thing out of that is. Bath looked very good. Was that Mercer? I can't believe they're letting him go. Uh, I know we keep jumping on the fanboy train around him. He got man of the match again, rightly so. He just, again, without being horrible, he didn't look like he should be that powerful or that good in contact. Jim, it's not It's not all about the body look. Do you remember running up those hills in Newtown Linford? And literally, Park. your nipples are flapping literally <laughs> round the back, round the sides, up and down. I spoke to Deeks about that, actually. Um, he's friends with me again now because um, I didn't retract my comments on Leicester, but because they're playing quite well. Um, and I said that I watched his game and gave him a bit of feedback. Not that he's listening to my feedback. He was chatting to me again. He said, oh, how's Goody? I said, good. And he can't get over still that hill, <laughs> that hill session in Leicester, in pre-season. Andrew's come in. No word of a lie, three stone overweight. So Cockers <laughs> has made all the backs run with their shirts off up the hill. Now Goody's running next to Tom Vandell, who is absolutely shredded, <laughs> right? Six pack bulging out everywhere, running next to Goody, and they're running up there. And to be fair to Tom Vandell, the first one he won, there was about 15 or 20 of them. Goody's up there, albeit the nipples, the others are down by the floor. <laughs> the skullet is dripping wet. Dripping wet. He's got his gloves on. He's wearing his red cycling shorts. He's got a camel toe. And he is leading the charge. Anyway, we segue. But they were the days, Andrew, where the Leicester Bath games were good. And yeah. um, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I, th- I think, again, I tweeted it. Leicester are back. They, they, they've, got a little, they've got a little bit of uh, <clears throat> about them. Their scrum is really good now. Yeah. Uh, their line-out mall. And it's one of them where you'd be like, okay, Steve Borthwick, this is what he wants to bring in. He's shown the lads videos of 2003. <laughs> Jim Hamilton, Guy Manton Bishop in the second row against Leeds, <laughs> just mauling them over to the cow sheds and back. <laughs> and he understands this old-school Leicester mentality. And he said, oh, we're going to bring it back. You're like, all right, mate, well, have you got the personnel? It shows the quality of coaching that Steve Borthwick is and has. And that's exactly what they've done. The physicality, they've added a couple of South Africans in there. Richard Wigglesworth at 42, putting the box kicks up. And, mate, Leicester, they've obviously not been Bath in a long time, but it was a proper game. And after Stuart Hooper's arousing speech, it's been a turnaround for Bath. Well, let's finish things off with the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah, a few bits of good this weekend. Uh, Mainly premiership based, to be honest, because there wasn't much rugby on elsewhere. But, obviously, we're going to have to start off down in Devon and Exeter getting back on the horse they've got over their European defeat to Leinster with a massive 43-13 hammering of wasps at the weekend uh, so we'll tip the slipper to them Stuart Hogg my old lead chip and chase he's just got that nailed hasn't he absolutely completed the chip and chase game slash kick it 60 metres and chase it and score but also get one charged down as well Hoggy so uh, an outstanding performance by him and his lead um, what else is good this weekend Saints looked really good didn't they back to their best uh, Dan Bigger pulling the strings British Lions 10 potentially uh, in their 44-26 victory over London Irish. But the good this week can only go to the Bristol Bears. I remember when Jim Hamilton called them the Bristol Bearbacks. Why they call themselves the Bears? Are they Teddy Bears? Are they Bristols? Are they Cuddly Bears? The Bristol Bears are now eight games unbeaten in the Premiership. Uh, Their best ever run in the league. A fantastic performance up at Newcastle. Some may call it a banana skin. They went 10-0 down. They bounced back, showed their class. Malins, Ben Earl as well was phenomenal. So, uh, hell of a performance by those boys. They're top of the league and comfortably so. They look like they've definitely secured the home semi-final. So, um, the good this week goes to the Bristol Bears. Here, here. Uh, the bad. 
you, you're not you're not going to do it, are you? We're, we're going to start gonna, there. You're not going to say Scotland we're, or not. Not Scotland. We're going there though. The mighty wasps, not so mighty. Yeah, just air, air. yeah, not 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 mighty wasps. Just wasps conceded thirty three unanswered points in the second half. That ain't good, boys. That's bad. I can't even basically fifty. Yeah, I can't even shoehorn you into anything good this week, wasps. So uh, not great. Not a good day at the office. Uh, just top four, nowhere near it. Top six, probably a massive struggle now as well. So a bad day at the office, especially in the second half. Uh, what else was bad? Another old club of mine. Horrific weekend for my old clubs. Newcastle. Uh, they were second at the end of January in the Premiership. Second. They're now 10th after only one win since January. So not a good look. Their defence was pretty porous. Missed tackles all over the place. Um, they were playing Bristol. They were the best team. But uh, for two of my old clubs, not good. So they get mentions in the bad. Uh, what else was bad? Wayne Barnes. Uh, he put a video on his YouTube channel last week all about obstruction. And then, and then he was guilty himself of exactly that on Tom Collins. Inside ball off the back of the line out. Tom Collins, he's definitely scoring. And Wayne Barnes just shoulder barges him. No arms in the tackle. He looked like he got tasered. When he got hit, either was like, is this bloke been tasered? Has Barnes been tasered? Yeah. Barnes, he got it all wrong. But the worst bit about it, and the real reason I have to mention Barnes in the bad, not only for the no arms tackle, talking about obstruction on his videos, but then doing it himself. Did you hear his line afterwards when he had to set, reset with a scrum? His line was, lads, if you're going to go down my channel, let me know next time, will you? <laughs> Hold on, Barnsley. Your job as a ref is to get the fuck out of the way, son. So, uh, unfortunately, Barnsley gets a mention in the bad. Um, what else was bad? Warren Gatland uh, saying premiership clubs shouldn't be asking for more money for players to be released earlier than they might uh, and saying that he may not pick English-based players if there are 50-50 calls. Just don't think there's any need for it, Gats. Don't speak out of tone about my mate. Well, I'm putting I'm putting in the bad. Just, just let All the right, power... I let, disagree. Let the powers that be talk numbers because it is a numbers game. There's a San Francisco agreement in place for this very reason. San Francisco. Uh, so that gets a mention in the bad. But the bad this week, and we're going back there, Jim. We're going back to one of my old clubs. It's a terrible, terrible weekend for my old clubs in the Premiership. Leicester Tigers lost, but they're not in the bad. They're not even getting a mention. It's my old Worcester Warriors, pal. Oh, my word. 15th straight defeat in all competitions against Quinns at the weekend. Uh, They haven't won a game since the opening round of the Premiership in November. And they've shipped about 50 points in the last three games. I mean, people talk about ring fencing. You think about the Pro 14. You think about being a Dragons fan and they always getting humped, Zebra and all those. Oh, my Worcester. Taking 50 again. Uh. Uh, And then the ugly. Uh, Only one bit of ugly, really. And it was, uh, Jim thinks it was more Val... Rob Parver Ruskin diving. <laughs> I think it's Rob Dupree just with I wouldn't terrible, say dive, I'd say terrible tackers. Uh, you can't tip a player on his head. It's a straight red card. Jim thinks Val... Have you got a problem with Val Rob Parver Ruskin? I'm happy to put my name to it. I'll be honest. I ain't bothered. Yeah, so uh, the ugly this week unfortunately goes to Rob Dupree for his uh, tip tackle on the head of Val Rob Parver Ruskin. Thanks, Goody. You guys got some shout outs to finish off with, don't you? Yeah, I've got a shout out and it's a sad one. It's a big shout out to Scott Sarson and his family and friends. Uh, Scott was a member of the Parachute Regiment, the Paras, and played for Upminster, East London, RFC, and Old Cooporians. He sadly took his own life last week, but he was a man who lived for others and always made time for people. Uh, He was loved by so many people. Our thoughts are with all of Scott's friends and family, and they also want to remind everyone, as we do here, it's okay not to be okay. So if anyone out there isn't, please speak out if you need any help. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I got a shout out as well uh, to Macy Handley, uh, who unfortunately in the Handley family is having to go through spinal surgery. They're actually trying to raise £90,000 for spinal surgery for Macy Handley, 12-year-old girl uh, from Coventry. Macy's also been diagnosed with uh, ASD and Asperger's and unfortunately after finding a lump on her back near her spine x-rays uncovered abnormal curves in her spine as well as a rotation and she's been diagnosed with idiopathic scoliosis so she's got to go through an operation um, to try and fix it there's no insurance the NHS won't allow her to have the operation Um, they're trying to go through a brace idea but specialists have told us she needs this operation there's a auction going on on facebook um the macy sports auction so if you can have a look at that and bid for some unbelievable lots on there there's some wasp stuff and all sorts of other kit london irish signed shirts england shirts as well um and there's also a just given page for macy so uh, please get involved have a look and try and raise as much money as we can to help this amazing 12 year old girl have life-changing spinal surgery Thanks, Scooty. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Producer Tim. And thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube and head over to Spotify. And we'll see you there. See you there. Rugby pod. Spotty pod, 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 pod.